Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Till I found Barkman Concrete Landscaping Products. Paving stones, retaining walls, patio blocks. Barkman got my yard cuter than a sack full of pups. Do your yard a favor. Get Barkman Concrete Products from Wood Country. Your home is your castle. In McLean, Estevan, and Tisdale, shop online. Wood-Country.com. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today, we find out about crop conditions in the southern grain belt. We go from Weyburn, where we talk with the Provincial Crops Extension Specialist about crops in the southeast, to Swift Current, where we talk with Shannon Chant, the Provincial Crops Extension Specialist in Swift Current. We also take a look at PDAP, the Provincial Disaster Assistance Program. It provides support to farmers and rural communities and Indigenous groups where there are uninsured losses because of severe storms. And Saskatchewan has had 27 such incidents so far just this year alone. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. The combines are rolling across the southern Saskatchewan grain belt. The crop extension specialist in Weyburn, Sherry Roberts, estimates harvest around 40% in parts of southeastern Saskatchewan. The combines are rolling. We've had a few little showers of rain come through that have slowed things down a little bit. And of course, we had last week those 90 degree plus and as an american i'll say 90 degree plus fahrenheit but i i do remember my thermometer on my uh cva said 37 degrees last week while i was out serving so i mean so in that heat a lot of farmers shut her down because of course you know they have to worry about combine fires and and equipment overheating so we got a little bit of a lag there but they're making up for it they were out last night working late a lot of them and the crops are coming off what percentage would be done in the southeast Oh, now that's real hard to predict, but I can certainly tell you on, on my drive into Weyburn, uh, looking at the fields along the way, I'm seeing at least probably close to 40%. Production-wise, what is your outlook? I'm still saying overall average for the southeast is going to be above average crops. Most people are very happy, but we had pockets. We had pockets of dryness, and they're coming in at, at average, and Unfortunately, some places are even coming in below average, depending on what the crop was and, you know, when the rain came and, and things like that. But I am still saying for the southeast uh, bumper crop down here this year, overall average. I have to ask about the two relatively new crops, soybeans and corn. How are they looking? Oh, I've been out surveying soybeans. There are some areas, like in the Halbright area, there's some beautiful beans, but right now they really need a rain so they can do their final fill-out. I was over last week in the uh, antler area 
those beans were waist high, and I'm 5'9", so you can figure out that they've had a really good growing season, and they've filled out decent. Some of the people that have been in the areas where the rain has come through, they're going to be really, really happy with their bean crop. And the same with the corn crop. There's some amazing corn crops out there. I was by a field once again next to Antler last week, and, and it just is gorgeous. It's it's actually a seed corn dealer down there, and, and, and he's got beautiful corn this year. There's also some really nice corn uh, between uh, – Momart and, and Kipling, there's some nice fields. Once again, it's where the rain came, but, you know, corn loves heat, and we sure have gotten it this last few weeks here. So there's, there's some happy farmers that have had the corn uh, harvested or corn put in this year in, in the areas that got the rain. They're going to be really, really happy with their yields. What were some of the key problems this year in the growing season? Well, unfortunately, there's there's a big surge of grasshoppers right now just uh, east and southeast of Weyburn. So there's some uh, people that were actually spraying for grasshoppers this past week. So that's been an issue. We've had some uh, issues with ergot out there. Once again, I'm going to alert farmers, you know, that are, are doing that final baling of some of their grasses. Really be on the alert for ergot because I'm still finding it out there. Uh, we had a little bit of root rot in some of the areas where we had the rain pretty consistently but from a disease standpoint overall, down here, we haven't had that big of a problem compared to other parts of the province that have had, uh, you know, fusarium issues and uh, a, a lot of aspicita and anthracnose in the chickpeas and, and the lentils. We've been fairly lucky here in the southeast. When do you expect harvest to wrap up in the southeast? <laughs> you know, that's always the million-dollar question. Last year, I thought that it would all be done, you know, by the mid part of September, and then that rain came. So. You know, if, if I could predict when the how the weather was going to be, Jim, I'd be able to give you an accurate answer on that. But right now, and of course down here in the southeast, we have sunflowers even, so they're going to get harvested pretty late. Uh, weather being perfect for harvest conditions, and of course, you know, nobody getting huge breakdowns. I'm sure a lot of guys, I've heard some guys are already 50% done. Uh, I'm thinking probably by the end of September. And again, you said uh, in summary that uh, you're looking at a bumper crop, but many some farmers will have average crops. Did I hear right? I believe that's so. You get driving around, and there's some combines that are really chugging hard through some of those fields where it's just been beautiful growing conditions this year. So, yes, I'm still going with my prediction above average harvest for the southeast with, of course, some guys just coming in average where the rain didn't happen. There's always a message about the threat of fires in the field, and farm safety in general. Absolutely, Jim. No matter how rushed you might want to be and, and need to get that crop in, first and foremost, always, always, always think about safety for yourself, for your family, for your workers, because it, when there's a when there's a farm injury or a, or a death because of, 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 of rushing, you live with that for the rest of your life. So number one, no matter how important it is to get that crop in, always put safety first in what you're doing. Sherry Roberts is the Crop Extension Specialist in Weyburn. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Harvest is advancing across southwest Saskatchewan. The Provincial Crop Extension Specialist in Swift Current, Shannon Chant, 
says there's a wide range of crop conditions due to sporadic rainfall this growing season. People are going into into cereals, definitely. Uh, the majority of pulses are off, although I did see one lentil crop that was still standing uh, but desiccated this morning. So definitely making some good progress. Um, I think some the canola is still out for the most part from what I've seen. Um, definitely some fields have been swathed and definitely uh, some that are pretty close to being ready to go. How do the crops look right now? Do you think we're going to have a above average, below average crop? From what I've heard, there's a little bit of everything out there, even from fields that are right across the road. Um, and everything's turning fairly quickly as well. Like some, you know, a few weeks ago, there was one field that was expected to be ready in about a week or a week and a half, and it was actually ready in two or three days just because of, mostly because of the heat we've been having. So, um but it, it's hard to say. There, it's definitely all over the place. And there's been some fields. Um, I just finished our canola disease survey, and we checked for insects as well. So there's been some fields that have had higher insect pressure, and then there's some where you can't can't find hardly anything, or there's no disease. So it's kind of all over the map this year. The intense heat has certainly uh, helped push crops along. Yeah, it has pushed crops along. Um, I had had a question about safe storage just because things are coming off fairly hot. But I think with um, that it's fairly dry as long as the grain's relatively dry for the short term anyway, the storage should be okay. Any problem with wildfires yet in the southwest? I've heard of a few. Um, I actually saw somebody combining earlier this week, and they had their their water tanks out there just in case. So definitely a concern, um, and I have heard of a few fires here and there. And with the heat, too, I think that's more of a concern because things are definitely fairly dry. But you said the crop looks pretty up and down just because of what, the rainfall was pretty sporadic? Rainfall was sporadic, and also uh, we had a fair amount of wind earlier on, and especially in canola, you're, I'm seeing a lot of kind of the stems will change shape a bit, so they almost have like an S in them, So, but some fields are hit harder than others, and even some parts of fields uh, for disease, too, even that we saw a couple months ago. Some spots were worse than others, maybe due to compaction or just some was on top of hill and the other, the rest of it wasn't. So even a bit all over the place within fields in some cases as well. Any specific type of crops seem to thrive and others not do so well? Not really specifically. Um, for root rots, we saw a fair bit in some in some pulse crops. And as well, there was a lot of anthracnose this year. Definitely lentils got harder hit with anthracnose this year than in previous years, as well as there have been uh but askakaida and chickpeas in some fields as well. And then canola, for whatever reason, maybe because it's a dollar plant, is usually where I've seen kind of that S-curve from the wind damage. And you said there were some insect problems? And it really was variable. We actually saw one field uh, last week that was, it looked like crickets were eating kind of some of the pods. So in that field, the insect pressure was fairly high from there's some grasshoppers as well and some flea beetles. And then there's a, there were other fields we did in our survey that had hardly any insects in them at all. So again, kind of all over the map, just for different areas possibly. When do you expect harvest to wrap up? Probably within the next two or three weeks, if I'm if we're kind of close to to average, is my my estimate anyway. Shannon Chant is the provincial crop extension specialist based in Swift Current. Time now for real agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on the Source 620 CKRM. 
This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by Wes LaFroy with Bank out of Australia. Wes, how are you? Good, thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on. You just put out a report talking about technology, and there's lots of technology discussions going on in agriculture right now. Uh, this is Today we're talking about from a more supply chain and global perspective. You're seeing some real ch- trends right now in this space. You said in the, in the I guess, the, the executive summary that the intellectual power required to optimize many on-farm decisions has moved beyond human capacity. Explain that a little bit. What do you mean? Yeah, I can. So, so just as a, a broader context, we, with this paper, we really wanted to, to challenge farmers' strategic directions. So a lot of the commentary typically when it comes to ag tech is much more focused on in particular technologies. But with this, we, we wanted to talk about how ag tech will impact the farming system and what that decision-making system will look like. Now, we've identified when it comes to farm uh, on-farm decisions, farmers are, are increasing, uh, facing increased complexity. And you know, at, at a global level from things around uh, regulation, uh, also climate change is another uh, big um, you know, big challenge for farmers, um, but also the fact that farms are getting bigger. So essentially, you know, farm decisions typically are based heavily on intuition. So as, as farms get bigger and also as farms are, are put in positions where they previously haven't, uh, you know, before, where experience can count for less, uh, it, becomes much, it becomes much harder to optimise decisions. So they're some of the major reasons why we're, we you know, see a, a much bigger role for, for database decisions moving forward. Yeah, at some point, you, you're even the smartest person, you know, the, the best, the smartest farmer that's out there, whether it's Canada, Australia, the U.S., eventually your brain isn't scalable, right? You, you kind of get to a point where there's only so much hard drive space up there and, and there's so many decisions to be made you just you have to rely on some other tools some other crutches to help you through some of the decision making you're exactly right so for example you know if, if i have a farm that's 50 hectares for example the the amount of attention that i pay to, to 50 hectares uh you know is x and then if i you know buy another farm of 50 hectares all of a sudden i'm distributing the same amount of attention uh across twice the amount of land so you know the amount of intellectual capacity i've got to allocate to each hectare if you like uh you know has decreased so as farm sizes get bigger you know that's a, that's a really good example of how you know of how farmers only have so much brain power and also so much time to actually you know optimize optimize their inputs now you mentioned in the paper there's two major hurdles run us through those i think one of the biggest challenges that that's limited farmers digital uh, decision making capacity is firstly that that technology doesn't uh, account for a lot of the variables that actually impact on decisions so so you know for for a lot of the technologies that we've seen to date I only collect data from a small number of variables and it requires a large amount of you know, intuitive adjustment where farmers are having to heavily adjust uh, the output that they're actually getting from these data sets and in some cases, it doesn't actually, you know, the amount of effort that it takes to adjust uh, 
adjust those outputs, it doesn't actually warrant collecting the data in the first place. So, so that's the that's the first major issue that we're seeing. And the second major issue that we're seeing is the process of firstly collecting data, then then processing it, analyzing it, and then actually executing on it is is arduous. And you know, as we know, farmers only have a certain amount of time in their day. And for a lot of farmers, you know, the level of technological skills can can vary as well. So, so, so a lot of farmers just don't have the the resources available to be able to turn, you know, collect data, process it, analyze it, and then execute on it. So they're the two major barriers we've seen. Uh, I would think in some cases, especially when it comes to cloud-based decision-making tools, broadband internet capacity to to make it all work as, as quickly as it, as it should. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. So connectivity is, is a key enabler to that. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, partly cloudy sky today, wind northeast 20, the high 28, the low 11. Thursday, partly cloudy, 60% chance of showers with risk of a thunderstorm tomorrow. Wind south 20, gusting to 40. The high Thursday, 25, the low 7. Friday, sunny, the high 22, the low 7. Saturday, sunny, the high 27, the low 9. Sunday, partly cloudy with a high of 18, 60% chance of evening showers. Sunday, the low 7. Monday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers. The high 14, the low 5. Tuesday, sunny, the high near 19. Normal high for this date, 23. The normal low is 8. The sun rose at 6.04 this morning. It sets at 7.56 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Valmarie. In the southwest corner of the province at 26 degrees. By the way, Valmarie at 26 is also the hot spot in Canada. The cold spot in Saskatchewan, up north Collins Bay at 13. Estevan, 23. Saskatoon, 21. Swift Current, 23. Weyburn, 21. Yorkton is 20. In Regina, with cloudy skies, it's 22. That's 72 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northeast at 7. Humidity, 48%. The barometer falling, 101.3. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 23. Winds are from the east-northeast at 17. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 22. That's 72 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com The Provincial Disaster Assistance Program is helping dozens of Saskatchewan communities recover from severe weather events this year. The Acting Executive Director of the Disaster Assistance Plan, Noel Macavena, says the program is designed to cover uninsured losses from severe weather events for farmers and rural communities. PDAP helps residents, small businesses, communities, uh, agricultural operations, First Nations and nonprofit organizations recover from uninsured damages caused by natural disasters. So that would include things like flooding, tornadoes, plow-ins and other disasters caused by severe weather. 
So explain a little bit, just how do you support our rural municipalities and, and farming operations and, and the other groups? Well, they support those uh, by providing uh, financial assistance for uh, recovery from natural disasters. Um, so basically, to be eligible, your local authority, whether that's your uh, town, village, uh, or RM, needs to apply uh, for assistance and be approved. Once the community has been designated for PDAP, you can make your individual application to the program for whatever damages were caused by the natural disaster. And how do they get that designation? So the RM... I'll assume an RM office uh, would contact the PDAP program within one month of the date of the disaster uh, to do that process. Tell me a little bit about the latest numbers you've got. What kind of support have you provided in recent times? So in 2019, uh, PDAP provided approximately 325,000 uh, to claimants throughout Saskatchewan. Let's say a farmer has had a horrible storm and it's traveled through and wrecked a small town community in Saskatchewan. Just what does it take to get PDAP assistance? Okay, so uh, number one is uh, make sure that everyone's safe. Um, PDAP's really good at providing assistance for damaged properties, um, uh, but uh, we can't do much for people. So uh, make sure that um, everyone is safe and then uh, document a bit of the damage. Your local authority would then contact the PDAP program uh, and indicate that a disaster has occurred. We would approve that disaster as a, as a legitimate weather event and provide applications to the RM office. Individuals can then uh, receive their application and within six months of the date of the damage, provide that application uh, completed to the PDAP program. PDAP will then assign an adjuster, engineer, or appraiser, depending on the type of damages, uh, to evaluate and, and begin the process. And you said this is for uninsured losses? That's correct. Um, so uh, PDAP provides assistance for uninsured essential property that's damaged as a result of a natural disaster. So if you had some corrals blown over or blown down by plow winds or that kind of thing, that would be covered? Uh, that would be uh, definitely uh, considered for coverage, um, depending on you know whether they were actually in active use or, or just abandoned corrals. What about this year? What kind of events have, or have we had any events this year? that would re uh, require PDAP assistance would, would fall under those guidelines? For sure. Uh, as of uh, last week, we had 27 approved designations uh, for PDAP assistance. Could you outline some of those? That's interesting. 27. I didn't realize we had that many serious weather events this year alone. Yeah, so uh, most of these are for heavy rain or plow wind events, and you can find the full list at saskatchewan.ca forward slash PDAP. Are most of them in the southern part of the province or in the northern grain belt? Right now, uh, most of them would be in kind of the north-central area of the province. So that's where we've had uh, the worst storms then, plow winds and, and other events? Or the people that are on top of their paperwork, but yes. We've had plow winds and, and heavy rain more in the northern-central grain belt than, say, in the south this year. This year. Yeah, so we're seeing uh, we're seeing designations from uh, places like the RM of Prince Albert, uh, RM of Big River, Blaine Lake, Buckland, um, Meadow Lake, that type of area. If I remember correctly, they had a lot of heavy rain earlier this year. Yeah. Um, so the most important thing is, number one, keep yourself safe, uh, record the damages, and then um, make sure you do look into your private insurance. PDAP is not a replacement for insurance, and we can only cover uninsurable damages. Noel McAvenna is the acting director of the Provincial Disaster Assistance Program. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. 
This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. The oat harvest is nicely underway in east-central Saskatchewan. The procurement lead at grain millers in Yorkton, Scott Shields, says some crops have suffered from lack of moisture. Well, I don't think there's probably more than maybe 5% of the crop, uh, the oat crop off. We're just nicely scratching the surface. We've, we've got guys that have been hauling here for about a week, but it was the real early stuff, the kind of the lighter land, maybe missed some of those rains throughout the summer. Uh, some of the probably some of the poorest quality we're going to see uh, in terms of test weight. You know, weights are, a l- are are okay, but just okay, and and that's something we haven't been used to in the last few years. We've had very heavy oat crops. You know, what we're seeing right now is is making spec for the most part, but it's not. You know, we're not seeing the 45, 46 pound oats on a regular basis like we have other years right at harvest time. Uh, we, I do believe that we will see that stuff uh, in, as we get into the later crops, the little bit heavier crops, um, and in certain areas that did get more of the rain. You know, right here at Yorkton, we did miss a lot of the rains, uh, and, and it was evident. Shield says recent showers have had limited impact. There definitely are some of the later crops that could benefit filling from, from some of these showers that have been coming through the area lately. Um, Nothing, nothing benefited from the five inches they got in Grenfell on Friday, but uh, you know the couple tenths, those ones that roll through, definitely can cure up that last little bit uh, in a, in the oat crop, in the uh, in the wheat crop, in the barley crops. Uh, maybe even help to turn some of that canola that's just starting to turn now too. Definitely, we we've seen early oats coming off that are testing dry enough that the the, uh, the showers are not going to set guys back. Shields thinks the surge of interest in home baking products created by the COVID stay-at-home necessity has slowed somewhat, but could have more long-term positive effects for demand. The COVID pandemic really did drive agriculture products and food products demand upwards, but it didn't. It didn't make people buy more uh, to to that extent. It made them buy faster. So what we did notice was a lot of our food customer companies. Uh, asking for their orders to be shipped earlier and and then putting in more orders later but but to I don't think that we will see that demand level continue and and I've told uh, lots of our our farmer customers if we can sustain even a small percentage of that big boom in demand long term that's a that's a win that's a win for us and a win for us is a win for oak growers so you know we'll we should continue to see some of that um, but not that, that large surge amount that we saw back in the spring and even in through the early summer. Scott Shields is Grain Procurement Manager at Grain Millers in Yorkton. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. This morning's opening grain prices at Viterra were showing upward movement. Canola gained 210 at 446.67. Flax rose $4 at 544.85. Number one red spring wheat went up nine cents at 219.29. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $266.39 per metric ton. Feed barley, 161.70. dollars 
oats $170.53, yellow peas $244.89, and feed wheat $166.16. September Minneapolis wheat fell two and three quarter cents at five dollars thirteen and three quarter cents a bushel. The livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. Hello, Cattleman. Junior for Heartland Livestock Yorkton with your market report for the week of August 26th. A nice run on offer here this week with 500 feeders, 275 cows and bulls for a total of 775 head. A lot of calves coming in off their mothers this week as the producers are trying to cash in on the call cow market. The calves are looking good and they're bringing a decent buck. Here are a few prices on the cows and yearlings for this week. 475 pound steers at 242, 550 weights at 214, 640 pound steers at 217, 750 pound yearling steers at a buck 98, and 965 pound yearling steers at a buck 70. 450 pound heifers at a dollar 96, 550 weight heifers at a dollar 92, and your 650 weight heifers at a buck 90. On the yearling heifers, 750 pound yearling heifers at a buck 87, 850 weight yearling heifers at a buck 79, and our 950 weight yearling heifers at a buck 61. On the cow and bull trade this week, we saw our cows average 83 and a half with a high of 92 and a quarter on a good, hard, high yielding exotic cow. Your D2 and 3 cows averaged 82. Your light shelly cows averaged 72. On the bull trade, we averaged a buck 11 with a high of a dollar 22 on a good, hard, high yielding Semitol bull. Next week, we'll be having a regular sale with the possibility of maybe having a one-day pre-sort on September 9th if the numbers prevail. So if you have yearlings or cows to market, please give us a call to get them booked. Once again, this has been Junior for Heartland Yorkton. For all our farmers and ranchers, we hope you have a safe and prosperous harvest. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,000 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 134 to 165 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,700 head, selling in a range of 134 to 167 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The Royal Bank says it expects fall will be a challenging time for the economic recovery once federal COVID-19 support programs start to wind down. RBC Chief Executive Dave McKay says the bank is seeing early and encouraging signs of an economic rebound from the depths of March, but uncertainty remains over the timing and shape of the recovery. McKay made the comments in a call with financial analysts after the bank reported a third quarter profit of $3.2 billion, down from $3.26 billion a year earlier. Senior Deputy Governor Carolyn Wilkins says the Bank of Canada must keep its eye on the ball coming out of a severe hit to jobs and economic activity. The central bank is examining its monetary policy framework ahead, looking at whether to maintain its current goal of targeting an annual inflation rate or adopt a different target. Wilkins told a day-long workshop hosted by the bank that no one framework has emerged as a clear front-runner. But she says any changes to the underpinning of the central bank's monetary policy will be judged against how it affects the distribution of income and wealth in this country. On the markets, Canada's main stock index was up in late morning trading, boosted by gains in financial and material sectors, while the loonie rose to top 76 cents U.S. The TSX Composite Index was up 86 points at 16,704. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 71 points at 28,176. 
The Canadian dollar traded at 76.02 cents U.S. compared with 75.79 cents Tuesday. The October crude oil contract was up 4 cents at 43.39 a barrel. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.